Hello, I'm Charlie DeSando from CookingSecretsForMen.com and in our continuing series of Cooking with Community Leaders I am pleased to be joined by my friend Ricardo Diaz. Ricardo is um, has the same job that I do which is we're both retired um, but he has had a long uh, distinguished service to the city in many different areas, in the public sector, uh, nonprofit. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So I don't know what we're cooking. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't yet. I'll wait until we'll, Ricardo will tell us in just a minute. So, um, Ricardo, you've got a long career, as we discussed, in uh, public service uh, and the nonprofits. You um, were very involved in, I think, the 80s, I'm going to say, in the economic development for the city and also um, with the housing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that work, because I think that's very interesting on how our city has um, grown over time, and then we'll talk about uh, UCC. My passion has always been to work uh, with the Hispanic community. Uh, when I went to school in Waukesha at Carroll University, uh, I worked with um, some of the children in that community. That led me to change my major in college. I wanted to be a physical education teacher and go back to Puerto Rico, which is where I had uh, my family had settled. I got involved with uh, one student um, in the public schools of Waukesha, and that really led me to sort of say, wow, that's a different kind of, a, uh, of an upbringing that I had, and it really caught my interest in such a way that I changed my major and I went into social welfare, started to volunteer with La Casa de Esperanza out in Waukesha, which is a nonprofit, a large nonprofit, and serving the Waukesha community. From there, right out of college, I became the executive director of that organization uh, at my, my senior year of college. And that led to a career really in public service and got to know the United Community Center. I was its director back in the uh, early 80s. Uh, 84 to 88. During that time, I met the state senator from that area, John Norquist, who subsequently became the mayor of the city. And unbeknownst to me, as I was in my third year at the United Community Center, as a 30-some-year-old, he said, if I get elected, would you like to come and work for me? I said, yes. And he said, how about heading up the Department of City Development, which was probably the largest and probably somewhat more controversial uh, because it was felt by the neighborhoods that the neighborhoods have been abandoned and that only the development that took place downtown. I came as an interim in 1988, uh, right after he got elected, and four or five months later he said, would you like to do this permanently? And I said yes, knowing that I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. about downtown development and the rest is history. Um, so you did mention UCC and that's I think what you're best known for in Milwaukee. Um, you were executive director twice. twice. Um, first then you went to the city and you came back right. and you stayed there until you retired maybe two three years ago? Uh, two and a half years ago. Two yes. and a half years ago. So they, they thought so much of you, but you're, uh, they named the Ricardo Diaz Early Learning Center right after you, which is, uh, which is very, uh, a very nice way to end your career. So talk about your work at UCC and how that affected the community and... and right. When I went back to the United Community Center in, in 2003, um, my predecessor had done an incredible job of, of just continuing the momentum that several of us have started. 
he continued it, and I just basically ran the next relay for the next 17 years. Mm -hmm. um, but the focus was how can we get our students from elementary school all the way to college and career? What do we need to do uh, by way of really getting the best teachers, paying them well, uh, making sure that the, we value teachers um, because knowing that that leads to good results in the classroom and subsequent uh, success. The summer school we knew we needed to add hours to the classroom time because we knew that's, that would make a difference. Starting earlier. So we developed a number of strategies that we knew helped our students who something were going to be behind just because of the zip code they lived in and the circumstances they lived in. How do we make that up? Uh, start earlier, so we set up a, a, a kindergarten, three-year-old kindergarten early on. Uh, after school was mandatory, summer school was mandatory. And so all of those efforts, along with, with a, an incredible group of staff that I've always been very fortunate that I've surrounded myself with people who knew more than I did at most of the time, not any given time, most of the time, knew more than I did about what needed to be done. As we moved on the years, we kept on constantly tweaking mm -hmm. uh, and adding ingredients. Not, like, not unlike the food we're going to cook today, the more you do it, you learn certain ingredients needed to be added. And so we said uh, during that, that uh, tenure that it wasn't only K3, maybe we needed to go younger. So one of our aspirations as, as a board, as a group of, an, a group of individuals in the Latino community, that really were working with us, what do, how can we even add a uh, earlier kindergarten uh, more than three years old? So that became a part of the adventure over the last four or five years and we hit up on this early learning academy. We were fortunate enough to win a very large contract uh, for Head Start which really set us apart in terms of now we had the, the revenues to go along with the desire to do something. When we combined the two, we, we bought an, an old facility um, in the next zip code west of the United Community Center, which was, as a result, of, that was done by the Milwaukee Foundation. We took their study that was done about five years early and said that zip code, the 15, has more uh, children under the age of five than any zip code in the state of Wisconsin. Oh. And we said that's where we needed to be. We ended up that we bought this building that was an early childhood center. After we were there for probably a week, we said we got to tear down this building at some point because remodeling. There's no way we could remodel this this building. There's no. It has no. We're going to build a state-of-the-art early learning facility that will be the envy of the community. We're going to do it in the most needy neighborhood for the Latino community. And that's what we were able to do over a five years period. We raised $12 million. Uh, we were able to buy several residents uh, around the center so we could expand it. Uh, so the footprint, we thought we would set it, you know, and we were ambitious of 300 students from zero to, uh, to four years of age. I'm happy to report that today there are 329 students in that school yeah. today, so we exceeded all of our expectations. But early childhood became our focus, that became our North Star in what we were trying to do, and uh, 
they're able to continue, and I think that is a story that will be told for years to come. Yeah. Education is certainly one of the more important things that we can give our children. And the more that they move through the process of school and the farther they go, I think everyone wins. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That's great. So um, you're a longtime Milwaukeean. You've been here... I won't say how many years. More than a lot. More than a lot. Um, so tell us about your family. So um, uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been married uh, 40 years. Uh, we have a daughter and two uh, who also we're fortunate enough lives in the uh, Milwaukee area. Uh, she has, uh, they have two children, ages three plus and one plus. So mm -hmm. it's a... Uh, uh, so your grandpa. Your grandpa, which is quite frankly the best job that I've ever had. Again, going back to the theme of watching them grow and the curiosity, the learning opportunities, we know that that has led directly to the, you know, and I was constantly comparing notes to what was going on in their house with our grandchildren and what was going on at the United Casino with the Early Learning Academy. So that connectivity. Um, and there was always a saying, as I was always working, is that make sure that the facilities and the place that you work, work in, you're always wanting to put your own relatives in. And if it's not good enough for your own relatives, it shouldn't be right. good enough for anybody else. Right. All right, so I know you are of Cuban descent, and um, I know we're cooking something Cuban today because we just went grocery shopping, <laughs> right, right. and uh, I know what we bought. So. What are we cooking today? So we're cooking uh, frijoles negros, which is black beans, uh, which is a typical Cuban beans uh, that different families uh, have their own little recipes. And so um, that's what we're cooking. So we, and we're doing two types of plantains. We're doing the tostones, which is your green bananas. And we're doing the maludos, which is your ripe bananas along with it. A little bit of rice, not a total Total typicals, we're missing the meat, but that's okay. We're going vegetarian today. Yeah. It is a typical uh, Cuban dish that I think most families in, of Cuban descent will uh, relate with. But I think today black beans are a dish that is being cooked all over the American cuisine. Absolutely. Well, great. I'm looking forward to uh, helping. I'm going to be the sous chef here. And Ricardo, as most people who come here, to cook, uh, they're dressed nicely. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna give you one of our aprons. Great. You can cover up your, your nice clothes as we fry. So um, Great. this is this is a, a running joke with me. Um, I bring someone in, they come in, they take time out of their day, they cook a nice meal, and I give them an apron. So, <laughs> um, so we're, we're gonna go ahead over to the uh, cooking area, uh, give us a minute to set up, and we'll show you what Ricardo's gonna make. So I'm getting, I had the Cut up the, uh, toast, the, the plantains, which is where the tostones, the green bananas. Put them in a little water and salt after I cut them. Probably the, the hardest thing is peeling them. That's probably the hardest job. And now we're going to start the frying of the, uh, and as this should break splash. So, Ricardo, one thing you mentioned to me was that the, green, the greener the bananas, the better, the better for the tostones. The tostones, the greener the better. When I'm doing that, I'm going to start the uh, sautéing uh, for the black beans. And so what we put together with Charlie's help 
was really the garlic, the cilantro, the onions. Uh, we basically very thinly sliced and we're now going to saute them ready for the beans and the peppers. Tell, uh, talk about the peppers a little bit. Yeah, uh, very small sweet peppers which really give it a particular taste. They're not hot and, and Cuban food is more similar in terms of seasoning to Italian uh, as opposed to, so it's not hot, it is seasoned. So now, I'm gonna lower that even more. Right, you put a couple of bay leaves in. I just threw a couple of bay leaves in. There is a particular seasoning that we use, adobo, uh, which also gives it, has some of the same ingredients in there. It's adobo. Adobo. And the beans are in. I'm going to throw a little water in here. A little water in the can. Yep, just a little bit. Maybe a touch of salt. And cover the black beans, and how long will they take? Uh, you know, five, six minutes. Because we're using canned beans, so yeah, they'll yeah. cook uh, warm quickly. Yes. And so we're more getting the, the aromatics to infuse with the beans. Right. So this is cooking secrets for men, so we buy canned beans. Right, right. So you want, do these get nice and brown, correct? The ripe ones will get nice and brown. These, these are not sweet. They should come out kind of a yellowish, and you fry them twice. You give them a thing as chunks, and then once you've had them in four or five minutes, you take them out, you smash them, down to look like almost like a rounded um, coins. So the beans are going, the, the rice is are... going. So we're going to take them out. And while I do these, I'm going to put the ripe bananas in. All right, wow. They're frying up nice and golden. How long do these usually take? This shouldn't take, you know, I'm saying two minutes on each side. Uh huh. So you just turn them once. And this is our own back side. So for the plantains, the more ripe, and for the green bananas, the more green. The more green they are. All right. So we're learning something. Actually, Charlie, I take it back. I think we're on the right track here. Oh, good. You know, it could have been a little bit ripe, but I. They look pretty, <laughs> pretty golden brown to me. Yeah. All right. So we're putting them out on a plate that's uh, a little paper towel on it, so they'll drain. A little bit, and then I think we're gonna go smash some some other bananas. Right, right. So just no scientific to this. Just down. You want them to be flat so they'll fry evenly. Right. We're gonna use the same oil. So same oil. good for everybody. All right, everybody in the pool. Yep. You can see, there's a little moisture on them, so. This won't take long. This will take literally a minute. Alright, take the beans off, the heat, I'm going to stir them around. And our testonies are looking good. So we do the same thing with the testonies once they're fried. Put them on a little plate to drain. And then we'll put everything together. Alright, so Carter's going to take out the plantains. We're going to let them drain a little bit. And then we've got our rice and our beans. And I think we're going to be just about ready to rock and roll for lunch. So we serve a little bit of rice. We put the beans on top. And then we add the tostones as one. And just 
need to take a look at this. These are the Tostones, and these are the sweet plantains. Um, they, <laughs> they smell great, they look great, and in just a minute, I'm sure they taste great. <laughs> so, all right, so we go rice first. Yeah, yeah. All right, a little rice. And on the rice, you just put a little olive oil. Uh, I did not put it, I, I put it on the, the beans. On the beans, yes. Okay, on the beans. so a little rice. A little rice. And the beans go on top of the rice? Go on top of the rice. All right. And the, the beans, there's a little bit of a, um, you've got some vinegar in there, right? A little bit of, uh, yes, good idea. And I'm going to have, start with one of each, and I know I'm not going to end with one of each, but I'm going to start with one of each. So this is just a lunch portion. <laughs> First course of lunch. This has really, really been fun, Ricardo. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to taste the sweet plantain because I already tasted the tostoni that I dropped on the floor. Fabulous. No rice and beans. Oh. All right. The beans have just an excellent flavor to them because the it has the aromatics, the onions, the garlic, the cilantro, and the pepper, but that vinegar just gives brings... It, oh, gives it a little, oh yeah. it's great. It gives it a little bit of... Mm. So, Ricardo, thank you so much for showing up today. I appreciate it very much. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy these conversations, um, trying to spotlight on people who try to make our city a better place, um, all your, your many years of service to the city, and we get to eat pretty good. Thank so. you. It's been fun. It's been fun going shopping all the way to Absolutely. the meal. Thank you yeah. very much. It's my, it's my first grocery shopping with a community leader uh, other than my wife. So um, I, I certainly enjoyed getting there. We'll, we'll have a little um, show of, the, uh, of what we were buying there in the uh, um, grocery store. So thank you all very much for watching. Appreciate everyone's support and time. Um, please like and subscribe to our channel if possible. Um, we will have more interviews and cooking with the community leaders. Coming up after the first of the year, I don't mean to spoil this, but uh, the mayor of Milwaukee will be our guest um, at, the, at the beginning of the year, and then we have a whole lineup of people ready to come in and um, talk about their community service and cook a great meal. Cool. So, try to thank again, and to everybody out there, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders. Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders is brought to you by Cooking Secrets for Men, LLC, and was recorded in the Third Ward in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We feature and profile community leaders who are trying to make Milwaukee a better place. The tagline is, serious people with serious jobs having a little fun. Our guests choose the recipes that we use on the show. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get great podcasts. The original YouTube video for this episode is available on our YouTube channel, Cooking Secret for Men, all rights reserved. Thanks, and see you next time on Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders.